and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives we lead on our path to self-mastery. Today on the show, we have Heather Elliker. Heather and I discuss the systems she has in place to control her anxiety as best she can. As a mother, a wife, a business owner, and a faith-driven person, she's experienced life through various lenses, believing she needed to be certain ways. Can you relate? Listen in as we dive into what may be very close to your own story. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Heather, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm excited that you're here. It's good to see you. It's good to chat with you. It's been quite some time since we talked. It has. I think 2019. Jeez. <laughs> In person. Uh, yeah. Well, um, if, if we step back even further before then, I think the yeah. last time I saw you guys before that was what, 2011, 12, something like that. Wow. Crazy. Been a long time. We're getting old there, Heather. We're not spring chickens anymore. I, I'm definitely not. I hit the 40 mark. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. You don't look 40. You're, you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> man, I really appreciate that you're here. To give a little bit of context, um, Heather is a cousin of mine. What are you, like a second, third, fourth cousin second, somewhere? Second okay. Um, sure. Great grandpa and grandma. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, not too many awesome things to say about great grandpa, but grandma, she's awesome. Um, I really appreciate that we're able to talk about stuff. I know that there have been different things that you've gone through over the course of time uh, throughout life, and we've shared in some of those experiences because we're family. Um, the whole point of this podcast is to be able to unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So I want to be able to get into some of the background of what you've gone through and kind of where you're at with your business and your family, et cetera. But hey, can you start us off by telling us one thing you do for a living and maybe something that people don't know about you? Well, I do multiple things for a living, but one of my passions right now is I'm a beauty consultant with Mary Kay Cosmetics. So getting out there and meeting women, I just love being able to pour love on them and treat them to free skincare. My consultations are free um, and makeup and yeah, hanging out with them. One thing I would say, well, you know about me, but not many do, is that I used to be in two rock bands. Um from like age 19 to 25. Um, so yeah, I was a lead singer in both and I played bass in the first one, which was an all-girl pop punk, <laughs> which is so weird to talk about when I'm, when I'm 40. <laughs> well, now you have kids like, that you can talk so about with ago. it and be like, hey, your mom was a rock star at one point. Yeah, they, they don't, they think it's super weird. My youngest thinks I don't, like he can't handle me singing and stuff. <laughs> And I'm actually a pretty good singer. <laughs> so he gives me a hard time. Oh, that's but funny. I guess, yeah. <clears throat> so is some of that musicianship kind of uh, peeled off onto the kids too? Uh, yeah. My 13-year-old, uh, my husband's also a musician, so I think he gets it more from him. My 13-year-old, I mean, I don't brag about my kids much, but I feel like he's a musical prodigy. <laughs> the kid picked up a guitar in the spring, uh, in the summer, maybe late fall. And yeah, played probably six weeks later at our church um, and sang, sang, 
with acoustic guitar. He's been playing flute since fourth grade and he's in seventh grade. So he picked that up right away and was playing from his ear. He, I remember driving in our van and he's playing like Moana in the back seat, And I'm like, when did you learn that? And he's like, oh, I just, I just played it. <laughs> like you're insane. <laughs> so I really hope he like sticks with that. Cause he could really, really go far and make a difference. Remember being younger and running into some of those kids and being like, what? How do you know this? And now you have one of those kids. Yeah, I know. I mean, I taught myself how to play bass, but it wasn't anything like technical. I, I couldn't, I could read music. I knew where that was on the bass and that's about it. Um, and I knew how to keep rhythm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of need that but, on bass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my husband can listen to a song multiple times, but Isaac will hear a song and like, two seconds later be able to play it back for you so i think that comes from my dad too my dad plays from um sound like just listening to something he'll play the piano that might run through our family a bit now i know that we're second cousins so our immediate families are different uh you're a lamb i'm a mcgowan that's a big difference right there yeah um but there are certain people that are in our family that are entrepreneurial and people that yeah. are uh, musicians or at least creatives yeah. of some sort. It's funny. There are certain people that don't think that they're really creative, but they're super creative in their business. I know that right. you, you'd worked for your dad for a long time, and he's one of those guys that I don't think he's a musician, but that man is hyper creative in how he, he builds things. He, he plays piano and he's written okay. songs before. Awesome. And yeah, he's an entrepreneur as well. He actually bought his business from his boss when he was 20 years old yeah just like turned 20 had to be because i was born in august and he was still 20 um for a dollar so the man's blessed but then he's grown that business for 40 years and has worked yeah for government funded contracts and yeah has a good good business so crazy yeah I never put those two together before music and business. (laughs) Well, it's a creatives thing. I think the people that are creative uh, or the creative type, like I always thought as as myself, as one of those art kids, when I was in high school, I remember Mm -hmm. being like, hey, I don't want to be in this class. And they're like, you're not going to do anything anyway. (laughs) Go down to the art room. And I would just live there and do my thing. Um, There's so many people that are creatives that just don't understand that that oozes into other things that you do. Do you find that as well within your business that your creativity kind of oozes into what you do? Definitely. Um, I am, I don't know what you would say. I never got a full-time job in it, but I went to college for it. I don't know what that term is, but for graphic design, um, and like websites and stuff. And I, I kind of have pulled that into that with, um, designing like invites and, um, different stuff online, like for social media. Um, but yeah, that's definitely been a part of what I do. And, of course, makeup is just an extension of art. <laughs> so, yeah. So how did you get into makeup? How, what led you to doing what you're doing now? So I've always liked makeup, but mostly it's been the skincare. I've always been a fan of taking care of your skin. Um, my cousin did Mary Kay, and um, I loved the products. So I was always a fan of skincare. and. Um, most recently, within the past like five, six years, definitely makeup has become more of a pa- uh, passion. But I've always been confident in 
knowing that I'm taking care of my skin and that people, anyone can get to loving their skin if they take care of it, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it definitely, makeup just comes as like a byproduct of that, like having a little fun, being a little artistic. I, I find it interesting that we end up doing things that we didn't think we would be doing years before that. Like in high school, if I would have asked you, hey, do you think you're going to be into makeup and skincare? Probably yeah. be like, no, dude, I'm going to play this bass. Like, you want to yeah. grab the guitar for me? Like, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, I definitely thought I'd be a rock star for sure. Yeah. Way different. So I, I find it interesting how people end up in situations like this, because I think there are things that happen to us that make us start uh, to head down that path. Like you may have listened to the first episode of this podcast where our, uh, our guest, his grandfather almost died in front of him. And that actually led him into medical device sales. He didn't put everything together and go, you know what? Pop up almost died. So now I'm going to do this thing. But it ended right. up that route. <laughs> Was there something that happened when you were younger, skin wise or skin cancer wise or something? No, I just, it was something I've always loved. Um, I think it, it went back to makeup. And then when I discovered that products can really take care of your skin, like that became more of the focus. Um, but yeah, I've always loved, and it wasn't makeup in a girly way. Cause I mean, you've known me for so many years. I wasn't girly girl. I mean, I was in an all girl punk band, but we didn't, we weren't very girly. No, they're all dudes <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> We used to joke that we were 12-year-old boys, and now that I have a t half while well, he's 13 now, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like, I don't know. It was just the, the confidence I would feel when I would do my makeup and not doing, I mean, not doing anything crazy. I, it wasn't that I wanted to hide myself. It wasn't that I wanted to, it was just more of an expression, I guess. Sure. I think confidence is a big thing. When you walk into any sort of situation, you need to be confident. And again, this podcast is about the gray matter and the gray area between things, what happened and where you're at now. So if you think of when you set yourself up, there are certain people, I'm assuming here, women, men, whatever, that wear makeup that feel like they have to put on that face and they have right. to put on this makeup because they feel bad about themselves. What you're saying is more of a confidence boost. And that's mm -hmm. not really a mask per se, but how do you have conversation with your clients or prospects about that? I mean, I just want them to feel confident in who they are. If they don't want to wear makeup, I'm not going to force them to wear makeup. I'm going to recommend that they take care of their skin so they feel that confidence. But yeah, um, also just building those relationships with them in general. Um, it's more, it's not because I'm selling makeup. It's not because I want them to buy something. It's because I want them to feel good about themselves. I want to build a relationship with them and be able to walk beside them in life. Like, I don't know, it's more than just makeup. <laughs> and a lot of people don't understand that, especially since we're an MLM, quote, unquote. Um, a lot of people get the wrong impression that um, beauty consultants are there for the money, and it's just not the case. I'm glad you bring up that it's an MLM. I was going to bring it up a little bit. Uh, I've started out in an MLM when I was 18. Uh, that was kind of the beginning of my okay. personal growth journey. And I, I understand that. Um, there are different people that are in those. It's interesting now how uh, social media is out where I didn't have social media when I was in an MLM. I had to like literally cold call people or, you know, great, great aunt 
Hazel, who is 93. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> can, uh, can I switch over your electric bills? It's a whole different story. But how do you manage the stigma around the MLM and still holding your confidence and not letting people kind of push you around because of their bullshit thoughts that they have about it? Right. Like, wow, that's that's like a heavy topic because it's so true. It's so relevant. Um, it's definitely here we are mindset like you can't let other people um, depict what choices you are going to make. Um, their opinion about you doesn't matter um, as long as you like I'm all about be integrity all about being honest um as long as you are with a business that you feel represent your your um your align with you if that's what what i think i'm looking for <laughs> as long as they align with your values that's what i'm looking for as long as they align with your values you can't go wrong um what other people say they don't they're not in your shoes they're not paying your bills um my mentor likes to say like if they're not paying your bills or giving you diamonds, it's none of their business. <laughs> yeah. Haters don't pay your bills. Um, right. Like, and I know that um, my, the company I do beauty consulting for, Mary Kay, they're, they're about women. They're for women. They're made by a woman. Uh, Mary Kay was a real person. Like, and they're all about enriching women's lives. Like, that's one of their trademarks. Um, so I don't. I, I've definitely struggled, like, don't get me wrong, it's definitely, like, a struggle, it was definitely a struggle in the beginning to not take what people do or say or the no's personally, um, but you just got to know who you are, know what you're doing and what your why is, and focus on that, because, um, yeah, other, some, I don't know who says it, but other people's opinions is none of your business. Sure. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that no matter what business you're in, no matter what you're doing, like you said, you need to know what your values are. You need to know what aligns with you. I think a lot of the stigma around the MLM is that people are like, I don't know what to do with life. Oh, you say I can wrap some shit around my body? Yeah, and I can sell it? I'm in. Let's do it. Like, okay, those people at that point are looking for a way to make money because they're looking for a way to better their lives. Typically, they're not in the best state of mind to be able to go through that. Now, obviously, you have people that are like, this is the path that I need to get on, the timing in life and all of that. But that's a small percentage of people. So, of course, you need to go through that. But talk to the people that are listening to this podcast that are going through that right now. What sort of advice would you give them that are just starting off either in their own business or an MLM and have to fight through those no's? So if you're not asking, you're not getting. <laughs> but also, if it's something you really have, someone has cast that vision for you or you have cast that vision for you and it's something you believe in, go for it. There's nothing holding you back but yourself. Um, everyone else's opinions um, and just, yeah. You don't know. You don't. You can't read. Just like they don't know your life, you don't know their life. Um, you're offering a service, whether it's your own business or um, MLM. You're offering a service, and so there's many people out there that may want to take your service. So you can't. 
you can't just think nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you all the things that I've thought and it doesn't serve you. It doesn't help. Um, it doesn't help you move forward in your business. It doesn't help you. Um, I heard you talk about your ag meter, right? <laughs> the ag that level. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, level, I do yeah. need to trademark so, that. Like, you do, dude, because it's so true. Like, you got to get to a point where you're like, okay, if I'm so aggravated that I'm getting no's, why am I doing this? And then if you go back back to your why, that should motivate you um, to move forward and move past the no's. If you don't have a why, I would start there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking about that person that's sitting here listening to the podcast or walking you're doing whatever they're doing and they're like yeah i hear you i get it i'm kind of in it now and it's the the daily stuff that they need to work on that's what they really need to work on it's the disciplines and the habits and being able to get in the habit of all right well i need to talk to one or two people today and being able to do something but it's also accountability so talk to us about how you actually set yourself up with that because you got through it you weren't always the most outgoing person I couldn't throw you in front of a room of 500 people when you were 20 years old. You would have lost no. it on me. Um, Unless I had a base, then I'd be good. Different story, yeah. <laughs> but if I was like, here, get up here and talk, you'd be like, blah, blah, blah. Right. Way different. But here you are now, so you've gotten to that point where you can do that. So what about that person that's sitting there going through it? What sort of action steps would you give them that helped you? Um, definitely practice. Um, ask friends if you can practice. Like if it's... A presentation that you have to do or a, a quote-unquote sales pitch I don't know um, that's what I can relate to is practicing in front of someone but going back to what you said about like daily habits like before I um, well I did Mary Kay before kind of um, I didn't have the mentorship that I do now and I was definitely in a different place in my life um, I was pregnant, had one kid. Now, fast forward, it was probably 10, 9, 8, 8 to 10 years later, I'm like in it with my kids. <laughs> so, um, actually, it was less than that. But now I have a mentor, um, and she would always be like, you need to do a morning routine, you need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, that's wonderful. What's that have to do with selling makeup and skincare like what is the point um I'm a believer I believe in Jesus and I've always known that I should be in the word I should be praying um but working on my mind like that doesn't say that in the bible um quite and then as I learned yeah I'm gonna correct myself don't worry <laughs> as I went through um the past, it'll be six years in April that I've been doing um, Mary Kay and having my own business. Um, as I went through that, just the connections of taking every thought captive. Um, I started 75 Hard. I don't know if you've heard of that. It is an exercise. Um, it, it's actually, I'm, I'm not mentally tough. Like, let's be honest. Um, I may not have quit Mary Kay, but I've quit myself in how I 
work, my work ethic, or I've let things get to me. So I'm like, I'm going to do this mentally toughness challenge. But that's, that's opened up my mind to like how it's connected. Like I need to figure out my schedule to know when I have to drink my gallon of water, when I have to work my first workout, because one of them has to be outside. So I, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm not in Florida. Hey, it's 46 <laughs> here in Florida right now. I know oh, it's like four man, or maybe awful. six in PA. <laughs> 18 oh. is what my computer says. Gross. But, and I hate, I hate the cold. I hate snow. Um, I've had to walk in freezing temperature for a very long time now. <laughs> so just, just those kinds of disciplines, like, I'm like, wow, this is really all connected. Um, going back to the nose, like being disciplined to even ask, even if you've gotten 10 nose in a row, being disciplined even if you've gotten 30 rows nose in a row um so yeah it's definitely all connected i personally am working on the 75 hard now and my next goal is to create a morning routine um i i've created a bad habit of sleeping in um and that's the next thing to go uh, that's interesting because when you when you sleep in and then you feel such a way about that it can set you off down a wrong path because when you wake up and you're like, oh man, I got to do these things and you go, crap, why well, shouldn't have slept this long? And you're already beating the hell out of yourself. Is that what you're going through now? Is that what you're doing? Definitely is what I've done. Um, I'm working towards being like, all right, there's always tomorrow. Um, how can I, Mary Kay has definitely taught me how to put systems in place. Like, I don't know what people do who don't have mentorship or systems or anything like that because I was just swinging life I mean I'm pretty much a winger anyway but <laughs> I was literally I, I don't know how I survived before learning all this stuff that's a huge thing a lot of people don't get that they don't understand it they think they just have to do it all by themselves and they just have to do everything on their own because other people don't get it yeah. you're not special no. we're all no. of the same not at all yeah so <laughs> I, that that's something you have to take that step on. So your step to get back into Mary Kay that helped you get the mentorship and where you're at now, what happened? Share with us that because that person sitting on the couch is wondering, how do I get back into it? I think just seeing what other people are doing was the biggest draw. Like she was driving a free car. Um, I saw Mary Kay in a totally different light. Um, the mentorship, the, the fun, the not old lady makeup and <laughs> skincare. Um, she's my age, so she has kids. Um, her husband was going through a horrible health, um, scare slash time. He just, they just found out he was having, had epilepsy and a heart condition. Her daughter, like she was, she was having a lot thrown at her. Um, her daughter was just diagnosed with Crohn's. So it was like a lot. And I'm just watching her and I'm like, if she can do this, I miss. I, I mean, it wasn't if she can do this, I can because I wasn't there mentally. Um, mentally, I was just trying to survive. <laughs> if we're being honest, I had two kids. Yeah, I had two kids. Um, seven and four at the time um so 
I was not good with, um, I have an anxiety, I have generalized anxiety disorder. So I was, I was struggling with panic attacks multiple times a week for no reason. Um, yeah, it was just a, a brain chemical imbalance. I've gone through therapy with it. And, um, but so my medication wasn't right. It was just a bad time. And, and I was like, I need some fun in my life and I want to get my Mary Kay at a discount. So, (laughs) um, that was what made me do the jump. But as I, as I, um, continued, I noticed that this, this lady has everything thrown at her and she's still succeeding. Like, what am I doing sleeping in? And well, I'm still trying to beat that, but (laughs) what am I doing? Just sitting on the couch, feeling bad for myself. (laughs) Like I could actually like do something with this. So, um, I think if it is an MLM situation, find people that, that are succeeding. Um, if you, if the program like Mary Kay is built to offer mentorship, if it doesn't offer mentorship, ask, I mean, the worst you get is a no and then you keep going. Don't stop. You started to touch on some of the anxiety. So with the anxiety, just throughout the course of life, let's, let's think about this. You are a mom, a wife, business owner, and other things, you know, volunteer work and all that other stuff. So how do you manage your mindset throughout the day by having all that stuff just coming and going, knowing that you also have to balance with your uh, anxiety? My anxiety is pretty much in check now. Back then, I didn't manage. My medications have been leveled or correct for probably since 2017. So I feel like I'm more aware of the things, the systems I need to have in place. Um, not like anxiety doesn't control my life like it did. Um, well, it was more panic attacks controlled my life. Um, yeah. Like I, I was listening to your podcast and he was talking about how he was able to connect the dots with his panic attack, the first episode. And for me, it wasn't that way. Um, I'd watch something on TV and have a panic attack. Like it wasn't reality. So it was, it was, it was definitely most uh, chemical imbalance in my brain that, yeah, created more bad mindset. But knowing that I got my medication right and had that mentorship and realizing throughout the past six years that I, I, systems aren't bad. I mean, I was a punk rock star, so, you know, a little rebellious. Um, I do what I want. (laughs) Yeah, I do what I want. Um, You don't know me. Uh, Like, uh, but as I think turning 40 helped too. Like, all right, you're an adult now. <laughs> but no. Like, now? <laughs> but no, like, systems have really helped my, um, not necessarily my AD, I'm not, yeah, I do have ADD. It's undiagnosed, but it's definitely there. I think all creatives have ADD of some sort. <laughs> and I'm a product of the 80s, so, like, that wasn't a thing in school. They didn't test you for that. 
I was Oh, always... not at all. I've actually thanked my mom for dropping the ball on that. I'm like, I probably have ADHD and a bunch of other things, but you never took me. So we don't know. Yay. Look at squirrel. <laughs> right. So that, so creating systems, like having a notebook of what I need to be focusing on for the day, stuff like that. And, and in turn, that helps my anxiety because I'm not like, oh crap, I forgot to do this. Or that was actually one of my my 75 hard anxieties. I'm like, what if I forget to do something and I fail it? Um, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a big question to ask yourself. You know, you, you joke about it and you laugh about it, but I know underneath that, like, those are serious questions because yeah, what if that happens? What if you don't do this thing? Right. Your anxiety wants that. Right. Your anxiety's like, yeah, don't do it because then we're <laughs> going to fuck your day up. Right. Like we're coming in for you. We're going to hurt you. And it's just waiting to do that. So yeah. you're not the only one that goes through that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you experience it the way that you experience it, though, and other people experience the way that they experience it. You talked about medication, uh, but also systems. So what systems are you using that are helping? Um, definitely, I have a notebook of what things I would like to achieve for the day. And that, that's also my my um, tracking. I track stuff for my business. So that's all in that notebook as well. Like who I need to contact, um, how many people I've seen that month. I do a new notebook each month. I know to uh, when to limit things like caffeine or what I'm putting into my mind. Um, being aware of that because that can add to anxiety. Um, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but movies and TV are a trigger. <laughs> so funny. But so I have to watch. I could read about something, but it's, it's watching it. And that something in my brain just does not like that. <laughs> I think because I am so imaginative and so creative that I imagine I'm there and it's happening and I'm not prepared for that, especially like war movies and stuff like that. Um, I'm also an empath, so that probably has something to do with it. You just soak it all in. I just, yeah, yeah. And then, then it's like, how do you deal with that stigma of I don't have anything real to have a panic attack over? Um, so <laughs> that's been fun. Um, but that's been helpful with therapy and stuff. And, and, it's, and it's kind of like things around me can push me over. But if I watch what I'm putting into my mind um, and consuming, even caffeine and not enough water, um, vitamins, not taking my medication, like there's a lot that. I try to track and take care of myself. <laughs> I mean, just simple as doing my vitamins and my medication. Like I do that. I put it out every week in a case, but there's times where I'll just be like, Oh, I'm going to wait to take that until I eat something. And some, I usually don't eat breakfast. And then my day is it's dinner time. So centering myself and be like, are you taking care of yourself? No, I'm not. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> so addressing that, stopping so you can go forward. Um, yeah, when things seem to go be going off the rails or a little crazy, I need to stop. What do I need to do to reel it back in? Do I need to do a dump list? A dump list has been super helpful with even, I'll even sometimes schedule um, 
chores or things I need to do, like phone calls, into my planner. I do have a planner as well. Um, after I do a dump list, because that's just going on all in there. <laughs> and that can just add to the anxiety as well. Big time. Those mind dump lists can be huge because it's not as much of a list that you have to get stuff done with. It's just getting stuff out of your head. Right. I enjoy doing the mind dump list where I can rattle off 15, 20, 30 different things. And next thing you know, you notice patterns of things that are in there of, oh, these are chunks of things that I need to do for my business or things that I need to do for my house or things that I need to do for whatever. And you can start to see some of those chunks. Uh, Are you familiar with the GTD system? I'm not. Getting things done system. Okay. Um, look it up. GTD. Yeah, uh, I've been using um, kind of a variation of that for years and years, where you basically look at things in a sense of is this a project or is this something I can knock out in two minutes? Because if you can knock it out in two minutes, then do not put it off. Just do the damn thing. Yeah. If it's like I need to put this thing and, in the laundry basket, right? And get and up you and do can get it. Get in your head so easily and be like, that's going to take like an hour. I don't have time for that. I'm going to sit on the couch. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's where our intuition can kick in, you know, where we say if the intuition kicks in at that point and tells us it's a minute, two minutes, and then your ego kicks in and goes, oh, but you need this and you need to do that. And what about this thing? What about that thing? If that thing is really two minutes, just do the damn thing. Anything outside of that, set it up as a project because then you can actually sit down and work through that project. So you've got your systems and your notebooks and all of that. Do you also find um, yourself journaling to help with that? Or is that where the mind dump comes in? I am not partial to journaling. I don't know why. Um, it's definitely something I, I heard you talk about it on your a previous podcast. It's definitely something that I would like to create a habit with. I've, I've just had past experiences where it was like during my high anxiety time and it wasn't something I wanted to reflect back on, <laughs> if that makes <Sure>. sense. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the same thing with exercise, like during my high, my panic attack phase or season, um, exercising, I had a panic attack while exercising. I'm like, can't do that again. And that's, <laughs> that's where you have to come in and be like, okay, is this really something you don't like or can't do? Or is this something that I just need to work through? That's powerful. No, if you tie any negative experience to anything that you do, then that negative experience is what's going to take over. I've said the people before, if you walk through a door and every time you walk through that door, you get punched in the mouth, how many more times are you going to walk through that door? Right. And some people are like, maybe one, one, two more times. <laughs> some other people are like, I'm never going anywhere near that door again. If you think about having your gym and going, well, I need to go work out, but I had a panic attack there and you instantly tie negativity to it, then that's going to mess with your psyche, your physical, all of it. So how did you get through that and how did you come out of it? Medication helped a lot. Um, I'm on an antidepressant. I don't take like the um, quick fix stuff. Um, so balancing out my brain chemistry and being able to rationalize that, is this a real thing or not? I mean, a lot of my panic attacks, I don't know the medical term. Um, I, I told you my trigger, but a lot of them would happen because of that, because I thought I had a similar feeling before having a panic attack. And so I would have that feeling again, 
and have that panic attack. Um, and so it was an awful cycle. And just being able to get that medication in me, but also retraining your my brain. So when I, it was like I could feel my my thoughts going down a certain trained way, or even my feelings. I don't know. The brain is so wild. And I would be able to be like, okay, you don't want to go that direction because that's what you used to do. So let's just think about something happy. <laughs> um, and that sounds so simple and so trivial, but it's so true. Like, the brain is so powerful. Um, anything you think, I believe. I mean, within reality, you can achieve um, and you do learning, learning that from my mentor, you do have power over your brain. You don't have to be stuck with reliving panic attacks and, and not being able to live your life. Like, go see a doctor if that's the case. Um, and you can retrain your brain. I just needed a little bit of medication to help me come back to zero and not be all over the place and think yeah so it's helped a lot the medication um and it was i did i've done therapy on and off um thank god like because of insurance you know that messes everything up you change insurance and then you can't see your therapist again you know um so it's not something i've done consistently but i've had seasons of where i went like weekly and then back down to monthly um but again having a mentor or even a um a spiritual leader to talk to is a big help and opening up and being like look i know i'm not crazy but something's not right <laughs> like in my brain something isn't right um so not being afraid to do to open up and be honest about how you're feeling or what you're thinking. That's tough for a lot of people to get to. I the image in my mind is a bridge. Somebody gets to that bridge and goes, "Okay, I know I can physically walk over this bridge. I don't know how long it is, so I fear how long it's going to take me to get over it." But they'll just stop and sit there or they'll just become a troll and live under the damn bridge instead of asking somebody, "Can you help me get across it?" So how did you get to that point where you were like, I'm standing at this bridge and I need help to cross it? Um, I knew my mom dealt with it, um, panic attacks and anxiety. Um, didn't want to be like my mom. <laughs> so that held me back. Um, uh, of course, the stigma of medication held me back. Um, but just coming to the point where I'm like, I, I can't, this isn't like my husband was noticing that I was a completely different person than when we were dating. I ended up having a miscarriage in 2011 and that like threw me off. And that was when I was like, okay, I think this has something to do with why I'm a wreck um, emotionally. So something, something needs to change. I don't have to like, this isn't living. This isn't life. <laughs> it's tough when we get to that spot when you feel like, um, you just don't want it anymore. Yeah. And that's sometimes what it takes for people to get to. And I really wish for the people that listen to this podcast that they can hear our words and our stories and go, okay, I don't have to go down that path. I can learn that. However, 
you're probably still going to fuck up. <laughs> you're probably <laughs> still going to have to learn it on your own, yeah. but take our wisdom and the thoughts that we have. I think certain things that we've learned over the course of time, is just because of time. You and I could not have had this conversation in our early 20s because we didn't know any of this stuff yet. We had no idea what was going on. Um, but being able to share in the experiences and the wisdom, a lot of people I'm sure we can get into just, you know, I had a rough time and then I came out of it and here we are and great and everything's happy. But to be able to talk about the tough shit, that's what this is about. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd still be married if I didn't get help. I don't know what my kids would be like. Um, especially I don't, I can say that for joining Mary Kay with what I've learned in personal growth is that with that business, um, I know for a fact, I, I don't know. My kids, like <laughs> they can be tough sometimes, um, to parent and just be around, <laughs> but I know I would, Without Mary Kay, I wouldn't have been able to pass on what I'm learning to them. And that is like a huge deal. Um, being a parent, and I mean, let's be real, none of us know what we're doing when we're a parent. Um, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> Parents are <or> not. Yeah. <laughs> but when, it, when, you, when there's two other souls involved, it's quite the responsibility. And I'm just super thankful that I have my mentor Danielle and and other girls around me that have either gone ahead or have taught me how to how to create a better mindset so I can pass that on to my kids because my youngest is more like me and like super I'm working on it I'm better but super negative super down on himself and so if I didn't have the mindset training or the the systems I have um I won't, I won't be able to help him through that and help him learn things. Um, one, of, one of my favorite things to say to him is, if you say you can't, you're right. And he's said it back to me before. So having that, he, the kids will give you accountability for sure. But just being able to teach him the things that I've struggled with at, he'll be 10 in February. So at 10 years old, I mean, man, if we knew the stuff we know now at 10 years old. Oh, I'd still fuck up terribly. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, I probably wouldn't be as anxious. I probably wouldn't have been as, I don't know. I would definitely have been more confident, for sure. I think we can easily look back and go, oh, man, if only I knew this stuff when I was little. Or if I, know, if I knew the things that I know now in high school, it would be completely different. And maybe... But that's not real and we can't really get there. But what we can get to is how we've been shaped by those things now. So how do you feel that those overall situations, the anxiety, miscarriage, all of that stuff, how do you feel that's actually shaped you in your life right now? Wow. It's definitely um, grown, like going back to the miscarriage, I've grown spiritually because of that. Because, um, I mean, who wouldn't ask God why? Who wouldn't? Um, because you get excited to have this life. Um, I believe God is like the creator and creates life. So why would you take that away from me? Um, so that's definitely been, I mean, that was so long. That was 11 years ago. Um, actually 11 years ago on Monday. Um, so just 
going through that, um, I grew up a PK, a pastor's kid, and you kind of, you have your belief, but I don't know. I feel like I was so, I don't know if it's a blessing now that I'm 40, looking back, I was blessed to have a soft life. (laughs) So now I'm like, now I'm really dealing with stuff and like dealing with stuff as an adult when you've had an easy life can like really like transform the way you look at things and and question things um but I, I'm definitely thankful like I don't regret that I had a cushy life but it's definitely been a learning experience because of that um which is why I'm doing mental toughness challenge <laughs> there's um there's a lot of people that have a hard time with getting past that you know people that grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth basically and just expecting things to be like that for the rest of their lives. I mean, even if we go back to the Buddha story, how he grew up, and then ultimately going, well, I don't want this at all, and going complete opposite route, you know? Then there are people that live terrible, terrible childhoods, and they grow up to do incredible things. But they're also the people that live terrible childhoods, and they grow up to be mass murderers. Or they were rich kids, and they grew up to be mass murderers. It's all in how we actually take that stuff and the perspective that we have. Now that you have kids that are kind of challenging you and that you're seeing certain challenges from yourself within those kids, do you feel more of a responsibility for yourself or them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like personal growth and making sure I'm doing my best and and not leaving any untouched (laughs) issues, I guess you would say. Um not leaving any of that behind and and digging into that and learning to be my best. I mean, personal growth and Christianity can have such a, uh, a love hate relationship. Like a lot of Christians may look at personal growth as selfish or, um, as something that isn't relatable to the Christian faith. But I think, I mean, the Bible is chock full of, I mean, talking about beating your body to submit to what you want it to do and doing things that you want, don't want to do, but you do it anyway. Um, I think the, the Bible, I think Christianity and personal growth are completely um, compatible. I think that God calls us to be holy and that um, I was really not coming on here to talk about my religion. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Right. I mean, we're, we're it both, up. both Christian. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just came up. So I just want to make that clear. <laughs> but it's part of my story, like, because that was the mindset I had was, I'm a Christian, I'm good. Like, what else is there to do? <laughs> and it's not, it's not, it's, it's true in the, the mind, like the tiny, tiniest of technicality, but it's not true because God calls us to be better and to be holy and to, um, yeah, be more like him. And I definitely, he's definitely led me to the, these, um, opportunities to build mindset and to have a mentor. Um, I definitely couldn't have done it without him, but like, also, I don't know if I want to bring this up, but my grandfather was not a nice man um and he claimed to be a christian and he was trained as a pastor like with college bible school um 
so just having that example or lack of an example, um, I, I don't want to be like that. Um, I don't want to be stuck in my ways and miserable and making everyone else miserable. Um, because I'm miserable and I'm not happy unless you are. Uh, but that, that is definitely shaped. Like just think looking back over my married life and seeing how, um, I could tend to be that way. Um, and that was his choice to be that way. He was never always, he wasn't always that way. Um, but he got mad at God. He got mad at his life and just stayed there for decades, decades. So I, I do not want to pass any of that on to my children at all to bring it full circle. <laughs> it's a lot with, uh, with your grandfather because he's the brother of my grandfather. And they are wildly different people. Uh, and I've thought about this often, so I'm glad that you brought this up where I couldn't imagine having your grandfather as mine being me as a kid. Cause I would have told that guy several ways to fuck off and you know, whatever. And I would have never been allowed in the greenhouse. And I absolutely loved the greenhouse that yeah. they had, um, <clears throat> where my grandfather was wildly different, softer, caring, all of that. Um, but his kids have led different lives, just like your grandfather's kids have led different lives. So it's all how we take those things and what we do with it. I think sometimes you have to have that shit happen somewhere for you to have some sort of perspective. Like I grew up in a crazy childhood situation. That's it. I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> you didn't. So black and white, yeah. you know, we're just going to leave it in the yeah. black and white sort of way. But you had that grandfather that had that thing for you to learn for you then to turn and go, I don't want my kids to experience this. I know I have tendencies to do this. So now I need to fix that. And that's a big thing for you to get to. Uh, how do you, how do you um, forgive your grandfather? Hmm. I think all people have any tendency to be as the quote-unquote evil person, um, the addict, the just what society thinks as completely wrong. Um, so. I definitely, like how I said, I have the tendency to be a little bitter. Um, that is just knowing that he's no different than me. He just made different choices than me. And yeah, like his funeral was last year over COVID and it was so strange. Like, how do you celebrate someone who didn't show love or celebration? Um, so just being able to respect the fact that he did instill discipline in his children and they all have grown up and succeeded in life despite him. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's, it's a God thing because no normal human would be able to forgive someone that flat out tells your father he's a failure. Um, just it. And it wasn't like, yeah, he was all, he was just nasty. I mean, that's the only way I can explain him. <laughs> he was bitter at God and how his life turned out. And he didn't think that he had control over anything as far as like what job he got or the thoughts he had. 
so, and, and I mean, you only have the tools that you, in your tool belt that you can work with. So he didn't have much. And I think that's kind of why I'm like, I mean, I definitely in my adult life distanced myself from him because you don't want that negativity in your life and you don't want your kids around it. So just being able to separate myself from that and just be like, that's all the man knows. Like, that's all he allowed himself to know. And it's a shame. That's all he allowed himself to know. Yeah. Because he made that decision and he sat in it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to step back to when you said the people that are uh, almost like the people that are like, you know, well, Jesus will take care of it. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. I get that. Jesus wants you to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Like you need to do your part of this. Correct. It's almost yeah. like those people that are like, well, you know, he'll take care of all the things. I'm just going to continue to sit here. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like that old story. Um, the guy standing on top of a house with the house yeah. being flooded. Yeah. And a helicopter, a plane, and a boat, and all that coming along. Then we get up to heaven. God's like, I sent you all these different vehicles to get you off the damn house. Yeah. And you're still here. Yeah. I wonder if at the end of the story, he actually goes, well, you're out. You're headed down. (laughs) You got to go somewhere else. (laughs) We're not going to get into that. Um, But those choices that people just succumb to and go, you know, Jesus will take care of this for me. Or, you know, my spouse will take care of this for me. Or somebody else will take care of this for me. It's not taking care of it themselves. That's a big thing for you to step up and go, look, I need to take some sort of action. Um, So I'm proud of you for taking that action. And I can imagine it would be pretty difficult to celebrate a man who didn't celebrate and who was pretty nasty. But the fact that you stepped up for your kids and your family that you have is huge. Um, and I'm glad that you don't lean on the Christianity thing and just say like, oh, well, this is just a crutch and, um, God's going to take care of everything. I don't have to do a damn thing at all. Yay. You could have sit on the couch. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, that's not a life. But people do it. Living. <laughs> yeah. It's not living. Three. So speaking of living, are there any major situations that have happened in life that you can look back to and go, you know, that right there, that changed me. I think the situation I'm living in right now. (laughs) So about, um, sorry, babe, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but (laughs) here we go. (laughs) I'm an open book, so he should know that by now. It'll be 15 years in October. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, proceed with your book. (laughs) So he, um, applied for a border patrol position Back in June of 2020. Um, And that was just an application. I'm like, all right. Like, I mean, everyone's on their own journey to to find out what you want to do. He loves the outdoors. He has a passion for um, human trafficking, like stopping human trafficking. And. um, So we talked and talked and he. I think he researched it for about a year. So it started in 2000, June, 2019. He was just kind of researching, seeing if this is something he would like to do. And then, so June, 2020, he applied. And then, I mean, it's the federal government guys. It takes forever. (laughs) Um, He had like nine different things he had to accomplish or pass before actually being hired. And then he had to go, he would have had to go to training camp in New Mexico for six months. And then he would be assigned a position. Um, 
so it was definitely a long process and we were like okay like we can do this so he went through like three or four processes fairly quickly in the late summer early fall and we were like maybe we should help sell our house like we can go live with my parents if you get get the job then we can go then i'll be with my parents anyway for six months and then we can go wherever you're assigned. Um, so December 2020, we sold our house. And we actually moved into my parents' basement Labor Day weekend of 2020. Um, and then we are still here. <laughs> um, he found out the end of July that he, he had two more things to complete. Went through three polygraph tests in D.C. Um, finally passed that. And then found out the end of July that he was found unsuitable for the position of Border Patrol. Um, so that was devastating for him. And living in your parents' basement at 40 is not an exciting um, thing that you want to be doing with your life. So just the, the, the whole situation has been eye-opening to the mindset. Like stopping, like when I feel like I'm getting anxious or um, pissed off, <laughs> to put it lightly, that I'm still stuck here in a basement. I I've got to be like, how is that helping anything? How is that moving my life forward by mulling over being stuck? Um, I mean, I you can you can imagine like where I could have taken any of those thoughts and I'm like no this is where we're supposed to be we're not going to be here forever um this is yeah this is just a stopping moment a tiny minuscule moment a year out of my entire life um a little over a year but who's counting <laughs> um a year of my life that I'm going to be like hey you remember that year we lived in my parents basement <laughs> So just just that has opened my mind up to a lot of, yeah, like, you can't just let your mind go to those dark places when life comes hard, when it becomes hard. Um, so yeah, that has definitely led me to being more aware of what I'm putting into my mind and telling myself, because... I'm I'm at the I'm 40, so I'm at the point in my life where yeah. Like that's not helpful. It's not serving me. Why am I even thinking it? Um it doesn't affect eternity. It doesn't affect right now. What's the point? <laughs> so, yeah, just taking it one day at a time and and trying to find the joy in um, living in my parents' basement. <laughs> it's being present. You know, there are things that right off the bat come to my mind of you, your, your mom and dad are wonderful. So you have incredible parents that love the hell out of you, your husband and your kids, and you guys get to spend some time with them. So the fact that your mindset is more on a positive where some people could just really be in the negative and just like, I'm stuck here and all of that. Right. I think it's a black and white of which way we want to look. Because if you want to look shitty, then go that direction. <laughs> if you want to look in a positive space and go, all right, well, it is what it is now. How do I be present? And how do I work with this thing? What do we do from here? And kind of time do you, your young kids get to spend with their grandkids on right. the daily. Right. 
Right. And I mean, we're all sick of each other at this point, but if it went a different way where the border patrol did happen, like we'd still be here. Um, like if he found out in August, I mean, we'd still be here till February with his training. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like any time has been wasted. Um, and also like if he did get the job that what you said, the, the time with the grandparents, um, we would have moved across the country to the border, the Southern border. And well, yeah. It, and, and that could totally be a blessing in disguise when we've, we've walked, walked through that and talked through that together and not a place that you want to necessarily be right now. <laughs> sure. And I think God will lead you to doors and lead you away from doors. Yeah. It's on us to be able to either go through them or not. Right. And sometimes it's really on us to not push, stop pushing. Yeah. Like trying to fit that square peg in a round hole sort of situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Gotta let it up to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then take, uh, take the lead from there. So Heather, we've covered a lot of stuff. I really appreciate you being on the call and uh, being on the show today. It's been wonderful to have you. Is there maybe one piece of advice you'd want to give to somebody out there that's on their own path towards self-mastery? I don't give up. I mean, if, if you're, your passion and your heart wants to be better. Just keep, keep going. Don't give up. Um, find someone to help you strategize and figure out systems and yeah, find that community. Well, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, I'm at rock out fabulous. <laughs> So you can find me there. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate your time today. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. The two words that keep swirling around my head are systems and community. But let's set those aside for a moment. Think about what it means to manage your mindset. It's not just about the awareness of our mindset in general, it's about what happens next. So when we manage appropriately, we begin to move forward with purpose through the systems we put in place to harness its power. So with that in mind, let's bring back in systems community. Hello. Your systems and community are incredibly important to your growth. We both know this. But now that we're both on the same page with the step after awareness, ask yourself, are you operating based on systems and community that's of the mindset you actually want to live or not. So what did you think of today's episode? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the conversation today. And if you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us and it helps other people and we really appreciate it. And if you really enjoyed the show today, go ahead and share it with your friends. And check out the show notes for more info, contact info for Heather, and check out other episodes on the Mindset and Show.com, as well as our YouTube channel, The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Thank you again, Heather, for being on, for being real, for being honest with us. And thanks to you for joining us today. So remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.